Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the Steve Rosenblum and Mike Esposito 4th of July extravaganza on 670 The Score. As a 224 texture notes, star-spangled suckage. Welcome in. Welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito. We're in for Mullane Haw today. Chicago Sports Radio 670 score. We're on to 11. Mark Grody will take over then and bring you up to the Cubs game. So this reminder, the Cubs continue their series against the Brewers. They do that today, pregame at 235 with first pitch at 310 on the score and the Infinity Cubs radio network. Also, did you know you can hear Cubs games on your smart speaker? Just tell your device to play 670 the score. And if you do, you'll hear our next guest. Joining us on the score hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, is baseball guru Bruce Levine. Hi, Bruce. Good morning. How are you guys? Today? Good. By How the way, this, morning, this update the Cubs wa- just walked another brewer. <laughs> um,. And it's still Wilson Contreras's fault. So what you saw yesterday with them, they, they took a 6 nothing lead. They blew a 6 nothing lead. They lost 8-6 to the dreaded Brewers. And you're hearing talk of London contributing to fog and, and pain and fatigue and, and stuff like that. And Nick Madrigal goes down. And so can you paint a happy picture for us, Bruce? Yes, uh, by the 1st of August, you will have new players. You will have some of these uh, very good veteran players going elsewhere to bring you back uh, more of the future of the Chicago Cubs. And uh, I think it's pretty much locked in. You know, when, uh, when Carter Hawkins talked to the media last week, he talked about the fact that we will add, if uh, we continue to play the type of baseball that we had played in June, up until the uh, London series, and that uh, we we intend on adding to that if, if we do. Well, they haven't. You know, what is it, one and eight? So from, from that perspective, I think it's pretty clear that some of the guys that have contributed to one of the better Junes for the Cubs, a, a month where they actually played over 500, uh, will be going elsewhere to bring you back some players of the future that can hopefully make this a more solid team, a team that can't compete every year for the next four or five years. I think that's 
that's really what Cub fans should keep their eye on. I know it's disappointing to hear that uh, they might not add initially to uh, trying to win this year, but it might turn out that in this clunky division of the central division in both leagues, uh, even if you subtract and add young players, you still might be in competition because the division isn't great. But Bruce, they add young, they added young players in the Darvish when they quit on the season in the Darvish trade. They added mm-hmm. young players who I, I don't know, they're still a Dairy Queen after, as you do after Lidley games. And I haven't seen, I haven't seen them act like a big market team. That that, and you're talking about trading. If you trade Stroman, don't you need mm-hmm. to go get another Stroman? Yeah. Oh, well, you want you want to get the really good young pitching from somebody. Look, if you if you trade Stroman or uh, you know you you go ahead and you you trade Bellinger somewhere that you can uh, pick up another player. You trade uh, uh, Gomes if somebody needs a uh, catcher. You know, for the last couple months, you make some stealth moves. I mean, look, can you afford to be the Chicago Cubs in this division right now, hoping that you're a contender for uh, winning the division? Uh, can you afford to get nothing for Stroman? That's my question to you, Steve and Mike. Can you afford to get nothing for him? Because you know he's going to become a free agent, and your odds of signing him are probably you know four, five, six to one, con- considering what other offers will be for him on the open market. Do they know they're the Cubs? Do they know they? <laughs> they do they know they have money? Do they know they're a big market team? Yeah, throwing money at it is really not the answer, is it? Well, is it is if you got a guy who's pitching like that. If he's if he's in the top seven in the league in in ERA and WAR and fielder independent pitching, you know what you got there. Um, yeah. He are you gonna, he apparently survived six? Pitch Lab, whereas they they paid money for Jamison Tyon and they ruined him. And I don't know why they ruined him. Why would they want to ruin him? Steve, uh, are you going to throw six or seven years at Marcus Stroman at age thirty? Well, I don't. You, everybody thought you were going to do that for um, Chick Correa, who's playing shortstop, and I keep calling Carlos him Correa. Yeah, and and you know you fight, so you throw bigger money for shorter years. It's not. It's it, spending money is not the answer. Being smart about how you spend your money is. Stroman is smart. Uh, Stroman Stroman was smart, but what was the contract? It was a, for a twenty-nine-year-old guy. It was a three-year contract. That was a smart move. They've gotten a lot out of it this year. Last year there was injury and, you know, was a little bit clunky. But the reality is he's a really good pitcher on a team that's really not quite ready to win uh, in their division. And, you know, they they might be able to compete this year and be around 500, something like that, and and maybe uh, be there with the rest of the division that's not very good. But from the perspective of what do you want to do with this franchise, you know, it's incumbent upon Hoyer and Hawkins to uh, try to build something that's sustainable. Uh, so far, they have not been able to do that, and that is the goal. Bruce, this is uh, starting to remind me, and, and it hadn't, you know, listen, they were they were riding high before the, uh, or coming home from London, I should say, even losing the last game there. That Stroman pitched uh, did not dampen the enthusiasm for the Cubs after their hot stretch, but they've only won once since then, and it's starting to remind me of, I guess it would be two years ago when they had the the big losing streak and then the big trade off of all of the World Series pieces 
I, I know Cubs fans certainly hoped that was not coming, but that certainly looks like what's happening. Right, and, and it is, you know, it is disappointing. I'm, I'm, I'm not being matter-of-fact about it because I, I'm happy about it. I, I thought the Cubs would be more competitive this year. They, I think they have been. They've been a more inter- – Steve, no matter what you say, you have to say they're a more interesting team. The ad, Adding, you know, the shortstop up the middle, adding Bellinger, you know, adding some pitching – uh, you know, Tyone hasn't worked out, certainly. The bullpen has gotten a little bit better over the last uh, uh, month or so. Not, not, not so much the last uh, week, but uh, it, it's a more interesting team to watch. Okay, I know you're going to say, well, we're not paying all this money just to watch a more interesting team muddle around and play close to 500 baseball. But the fact is, if you look around Major League Baseball right now, how many teams really impress you as a uh, as as a team that's you know built to to win? You you look at probably five or six teams in Major League Baseball. The rest you can throw in the same container, and and they're pretty much the same team right now. Uh, are the Cubs uh, going to be a championship caliber team by the moves that they're going to make here at the deadline? Well, you, you hope so down the line here, but. Uh, you're you're, you're going to need a center fielder. You're going to need a catcher. Okay, if if, if Amaya is your catcher of the future, he's got to catch most of the games in the second half. You're going to need a third baseman. You're going to need a first baseman. You don't have those things right now. Is Morale your everyday third baseman of the future? Play him there. If he can catch the ball once in a while, that would be great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I rhetorically answered no to your question while you were talking. Right. If is Mervis uh, your first baseman in the future? The the slower bat that we saw the beginning of the year says not right now. So they're still it, totally in rebuild mode. Okay, they have some really good pieces at second and short. Okay, you have some good young pitching. You have Steele. Uh, you're hoping that your bullpen continues to get better. You're hoping some of the guys you sent to the minor leagues, who are part of your bullpen rebound and can be used in the second half but there's still a lot of rebuilding to do for the Chicago Cubs it's a better team it's a better product but it's not ready to win at this point hey Bruce in your opinion what is going on I mean the the recent neck uh thing notwithstanding with Seiya Suzuki because the production just hasn't been there from him yeah you know he's a hard a hard player to figure out because um in Japan, he, he was more of a power hitter. Uh, he, he hit for power. It was similar to uh, Fukudomi, if you remember back when, when they uh, signed him and they said, well, he was a guy that hits 25 home runs in Japan. Well, it doesn't always equal out when you move to the United States. A lot of the Japanese players' power doesn't really equate to what they did in Japan. And r- right now, they're still waiting for some slug out of uh, Suzuki. They, have, they haven't seen it yet. Um, he shows signs of being a really good player. He just hasn't consistently been there. Some of it's been due to injuries. Some of it's been to getting used to the league. I think he should be used to the league now and used to the pitchers. Uh, I think this second half is a, is a big, big deal for uh, Seiya Suzuki and what type of player we're going to see the next couple of years with the Chicago Cubs. Talking baseball with baseball guru Bruce Levine of The Score and the co-host of Inside the Clubhouse, heard Saturdays 52 weeks a year from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. on this here radio station, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. On the other side of town, there's Lucas Giolito pitching 
today. They need him to pitch like Lucas Giolito. He's heard the trade rumors just like everybody else. And he says, no, I don't want to go. I want to stay here. And and in a quaint in a quaint spasm of of old time thinking he's loyal to the Sox because they were loyal to him when he sucked. He's like such a mensch, Bruce. I don't mm-hmm. whatever it costs, the Sox don't like to do this, but that's a guy I pay for on the field, off the field, for being a a front facing part of your organization. I love this guy. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because normally I'd say, well, you know, if he's a good teammate and he does produces on the field, that's good enough. But with Chicago White Sox, I agree with you. Marketing, you know, guys that are uh, people that, you know, want to be with the White Sox and are good spokesmen for the team, I think it's essential. I, I, think, I think a player like Lucas Giolito transcends just, okay, he's a, he's a good pitcher that we – we, we should retain. Uh, you, you need marketing on the south side of Chicago. You need players that are likable. I think a lot of the other Latin American players are likable, but they, they don't communicate to the point of being relatable to everybody every day. So from the marketing standpoint, I think Lucas Giolito is, is, you know, has been your lead guy for a long time. He's, as you said, he's a mensch. He's a guy that uh, you know, thoroughly enjoys communicating to the fans, through the media, about what he does, about what the team does. Uh, you know, again, uh, I would like to see them extend him. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if he's actually looking forward to free agency or not. But uh, from all indications, those are the type of guys you'd like to keep. He, he's had an up-and-down career. There's no no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, he's pitched pretty well this year. I think you, he's still young enough that you'd like to – Hold on to him. I, I don't think you have to sign him to a six or seven year contract. I don't think that's that's necessarily Lucas Giolito right now. But pitching being what it is, uh, you might get that somewhere else. Bruce, we talked about this a little on Saturday morning, but coming off of the uh, winning the last two games against the Angels in that series, and then going into Oakland to face the worst team record wise in baseball, the A's, a team with a lot of guys that. Uh, you know, our AAA players or 4A players, whatever you want to call them, right? And then coming out and losing that series, not only that, but you had a game where you had your your proverbial ace in Dylan Cease, a guy who was magnificent last year, second in the Cy Young voting last year. To lose that game and then the series, they came back to take the finale, but that's got to be a demoralizing one for the Sox. I want to get your opinion on, on Dylan Cease, though, because... And I, I'm sure if there were an easy answer, the White Sox would have figured it out already. But what, what do you see when you look at Cease? Because he's just not the same guy. He just doesn't have the command that he had before. Remember, you know, the stuff has always been, you know, in the 95 percentile of, of major league pitchers. You know, the, the fastball and certainly the slider. You know, he's one of the top pitchers stuff-wise in the game. Uh, as far as his command and being able to, to you know, pinpoint like he did last year he hasn't been able to do that this year there's been there's been signs of it and he's certainly he has the same stuff but he's, he hasn't been the same guy so I, I don't know where that's come off the tracks you know I know Katz has worked with him I know the pitching people have worked with him uh it, it just hasn't been the same uh the other part of it is is once in a while you know like on uh Sunday uh you you have to score enough runs to you know to 
support a, a pitcher when he doesn't have his best stuff, and he's going to give up three or four runs, and that's going to be okay if he pitches six innings and gives up three or four runs and you score five or six. The White Sox haven't been able to do that consistently, and, and that's been the biggest problem for them this year is their, their offense is sporadic, and outside of the home run ball and, and Luis Robert, you know, they haven't done anything consistently out there. Um, I, I don't know what it is uh, other than the fact that they need some different type of players there to go along with the very talented players they have. Uh, you know, Tim Anderson still considered one of the top talents in baseball. Uh, Mancata injured again this year, considered one of the top talents in baseball. Uh, you have Eloy Jimenez, uh, one of the top talents in baseball. So uh, some, some or one or two of these guys will probably need to be traded and move on to some different people and some different parts. Uh, the Tim Anderson thing, you, you hate to say that one player, um, you know, controls, you know, what they do on offense as he goes, they go. Well, it had been that way with Tim Anderson up till the middle of 2022, and, and it just it ha- hasn't been that since, whether it's injury or off the field things that he's had a difficult time dealing with he's he was your he was the face of your team he was the energizer of your team he's not any of that right now and you don't like to blame a whole team's failure uh on offense on one guy but he is certainly a big part of that equation well he wasn't Aaron Judge but he had that effect his absence had that effect on the team when Judge leaves and the Yankees go oh wait we have to do this wasn't he supposed to do that for us and I agree that he's He's had that kind of, he's been that kind of leader. He's had that kind of effect on this team. And yet it seems so, so little has changed. It changed the manager. He, he's brought nothing to this team. They're not smarter on the bases. They're just as dumb. They're not better in the field. They're just as ham-handed. They're, un, aside from Louis Robert and maybe one other hitter, they're undisciplined at the plate. The manager hasn't instilled this idea like he said he would. They're going to go kick your ass at seven ten or whatever else, or in whatever else may be going on. If they trade Tim Anderson, who gets better, and what happens? How does it? How does the clubhouse play out? Does everybody wish they were Tim Anderson that he finally escaped what seems to be a very dysfunctional situation? Or does this benefit people? What's the what are the what are the residual effects of that? Yeah, it's a great question. I I think that you know the front office, of the White Sox have been dealing with this for a year and a half. This is a team that's played under five hundred since the middle of two thousand and twenty one. Okay, that that even when they went to the playoffs in two thousand and twenty one, uh, the second half of the season they were below five hundred. They've been below five hundred since then. So. This isn't just a Tim Anderson situation uh, coming up now. It, it's more of a, uh, a team trying to find itself and its identity since then, and, and it just hasn't been there. Last year, never more than five games over 500, never more than five games under 500, a 500 team. That's what they were. Uh, this year, uh, it's just all about the fact that um, they, they seem to lack some leadership on the field. People give Grafal and the coaching staff a slide because they're, they're new to the team. They're still getting to know their players. They're still getting to know 
what they can expect from those people. Uh, obviously, the 26-man roster hasn't gotten it done. It's changed quite a bit since opening day. You, you're, you're seeing names in the lineup that you've, you've never heard before, and some of them are, are decent players. But it's, it's obvious that it's a team in search of some leaders on the team, uh, right now, and, and it's it's just not there. There's some pitchers on the team that are leaders. There's some uh, position players that have been leaders in the past, like uh, Andres, who's not having a great year this year. Um, it's just it's it's lacking leadership. It's lacking function on offense, and uh, it's just something that needs a change. And, and I think by the first of August. Uh, when the trade deadline comes and goes, I think you'll, you'll see some different players on the south side. I don't think they'll just sit on what they have there. Um, there's some good players that can help other teams. If you have the uh, thought process that you want to trade Eloy Jimenez to a team like Arizona or Miami who are contending and look like possible uh, National League champions, if you can get move Atlanta out of the way, uh, you might be able to get some young pitching back that can help you uh, not only uh, this year, but certainly down the road here when your your entire pitching staff uh, going forward is up in the air. All right. Well, the never-ending story. Yes. <laughs> Chicago trade rumors. Bruce, really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Have a great holiday. See you, Bruce. You. Thank you. That's Bruce Levine, baseball guru. Hear him Saturdays 9 to 11 on Inside the Clubhouse. Last Saturday with my co-host, I was glad to fill in while David Haw was off. Uh, he will be back, not next week. Ranger is doing uh, this coming Saturday because David has off all of this week. He'll be back the following Saturday. Ranger, Chris Ranger. Chris Ranger will be on Inside the Clubhouse this coming Saturday because I will be on vacation this week. So uh, we're going to – we have an exciting family vacation wrapped around a travel baseball tournament in Tennessee in the Smoky Mountains. Where where in Tennessee? Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Right the right there. Is that uh, near Dolly? It's 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 yes. Dollywood is right there. Pigeon yeah. Smoky Mountains are right there. Pigeon Forge. The Ripken baseball. Usually it's experience. a holler with country music singers. They're from a holler. It's the it's actually really cool. The Ripken family has the, has these. They own these baseball complexes around the country. There's like four or five of them. Ripken Baseball Experience. It's a huge baseball complex, and they host teams from around the country for these travel baseball tournaments. And our 11U team that I help coach will be playing in one of them. Uh, we leave Saturday. The tournament starts, uh, or the uh, welcome is Sunday, and then the games start on Monday next week. So, Well, that sure beats Kenosha, where we went on our travel it'll- tournament. <laughs> It'll be fun. We're going to have a good time. It's That's our first great. it's our first time traveling. Again, our team is 11, 11 year old, so we'll be fun. We'll have a Pigeon good time. Forge right near a holler. Yeah. All right. Well, safe travel. Good luck on that. Before you go though, we're going to play we're going to play a game. We're I'm just, excited for this. I don't know anything about this. Talking about you do not. You do not. I'm not going to tip you off and let you okay. use the 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 Nope, the, the Google, Google machine. machine. No. We're going to come back with a game because it was, I'll just tell you, it's all-star related. Okay. So we're going to play a game right. with Mike Esposito. I'm Steve Rosenblum in for Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum with Mike Esposito. We're in for Mully and Haw today, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score, taking you up to 11 o'clock. 
that point will be Mark Grody. Actually, Mark's going to be here. We'll do a little transition around 1040 or so. It's not his show, but it'll be on this show. He used, used to be, be on the show. show. Yeah. yeah. And we've got a whole bunch of people, th- texters, thinking it's Saturday Suckage on Tuesday. Star Spangled Suckage is a 224 texter. Mm-hmm. Said. And Mark will take you up to the Cubs game. Today, the Cubs continue their series against the Brewers pregame. 235 with first pitch at 310 on the score and the Infinity Cubs radio network. Excellent. Also, did you know you can hear Cubs games on your smart speaker? Just tell your device to play 670 the score. It is the Xfinity Cubs radio network. We are excited about it. Yep. So, to this week, I'm not much for All-Star games, but this sort of this brought up something I needed you and I to talk okay. about, we're going to play a game. Josh Jung, Corbin Carroll, two rookies. Yep. Texas, Arizona. Yep. They will be starters in the All-Star game for their respective leagues. Mm-hmm. They will be the second duo of rookies to start the All-Star game. Second duo ever. Since Kosuke Fukudome and Giovanni Soto. Oh, my goodness. In 2008. 2000- <laughs> I... Oh, I had man, I didn't I would have know it never. then. I'm surprised to find that out now. The Braves had eight players. The Braves are the amazing. All- the Braves, yep. this year's Braves, mm-hmm. eight All Stars that tied the 43 Cardinals, 56 Reds, and 1960 Pirates, and the 2008 Cubs. I do not remember that. Either, because I just think all-star games are just silly. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Name them. Let's play a game, Mike all Esposito. Right. Eight Cubs all-stars. I already gave you Eight. two. The two rookies. And those only... are two I would not have gotten. So I, there see, you go. I gave you the I gave you the hard ones. Kosuke Fukudome. And he was in the middle of the slide into oblivion because oh, man. he went from April and everything, and he sucked. And that's where Suzuki was headed that last year. That had to be the fan Thank vote. God, he got hurt last year, Suzuki did. So he didn't descend, devolve into Kosuke hood. So you have, I gave you Kosuke uh-huh. and Giovanni Soto. D. Lee has to be. <clears throat> Derek Lee is a no? No. What? No. I say no. Eight Cubs All-Stars in 2008. Aramis? Yes, Aramis Ramirez, third base. How about Kerry Wood? Yes, <laughs> I never thought you would get that one. I told yeah, it's a yes, complete guess. All right, Aramis, Kosuke, Giovano, Woody. That's half. You're halfway home. Carlos Zambrano. Yes, Carlos Zambrano. I'm trying to think of my 2008 Cubs. Yeah, I know. This is, I was just thrown off by this and going, oh my God, is this really, could this really be? This is true. Hmm. Hmm. Dempster? Dude. Yes. Why? Well, I never thought you'd do that. I never thought you would do the Dempster. I, I literally got. Do the Dempster. All right. Well, could, was now was he, got now, two the, more now, the better right? question was, was he a starter or a closer that year? I think he was a starter that year, right? He was a pitcher. <laughs> he, he pitched. Oh, man. Wasn't Woody the closer? Wasn't Kerry Wood the closer that year? I can't remember. You know, this is where I'd have to go back and look at my, my, my Cubs statistics. 
and see because they were both starters that they be- made closers. I just can't remember when all of that happened. Mm-hmm. So you got two more to go. I got, got two more to go. Well, I gave you two. You got four. You got two more to go. Do, 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 do. 2008 Cubs All-Stars. Because they had the most All-Stars, they tied for the most NL All-Stars. Oh, Soriano. Very nice. I'm trying to think. I'm like, who are their outfielders? All right, Soriano. Yep, yep. So that'll leave you one more. Can I phone a friend? <laughs> I'd like to phone Bruce Levine. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. I w- we could do that. Yeah. Is it? You is can it... phone Ben Pope of the Sun Times. He'll be on at nine. Ben Pope covers the Blackhawks, so the Pope will be talking about a hockey Jesus, Connor Bedard. He might know. Is it a pitcher or a position I'm player? I'm sorry. That's, we're done with this. Is that like a 50-50? Isn't that, isn't that one of the categories or one of the things I could do on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? You can pull the audience. Yes. <laughs> it's Caesar. All right. Caesar. It's Caesar. Caesar, how do you feel about the 2008 Cubs? One Have more. We done, I, I can't remember if a reliever from that team besides uh, Woody made that team. Was there two relievers on that all-star no, team? No, there's that's no way, going. right? Was it another starter? Do, do, do. Was it another do, starter? Do, do. The list of all Wait a second. Names. Ted Lilly? No. Although Ted Lilly had a, wasn't it 2008 was the famous glove throwing expedition yeah. at, at, against Arizona? Hmm. Arizona, take off your rainbow. I mean, there's shades. no way that many Cubs position players made an all star team. I don't, the there? Cubs at 2008, Cubs. Lou's group, look at that before Lou just you know, like choked I I know everything who it away. Is, Espo. If, oh. you're, if you're giving a lifeline, I'm I, not I, I am. My phone a friend. No, Come on in. Stop it. It's for him. Okay, what? Was it? Did Mark DeRosa make the All Star team that year? He did not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Did you screw up choosing him to phone a friend or That's it. pull See, the audience? Caesar, we just, we just lost half a million. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos Marmol. Carlos, Carlos Marmol. Yep. And he was, it was another relief pitcher. See, Caesar had it. I did not. Yep. Yep. That was, that was 2008 Cubs. Eight All-Stars. And until this year, the only two rookies to start. Or only two rookies to, yeah, to start. The, fun, the funny Kosuke thing. Kosuke Vukadome, <laughs> who sucked. And Giovanni Soto. They and the Cubs had eight. I mean, they were that was a year they would win a second straight division, and then they would just implode, face plant in the playoffs, and yep. And Lou is just would now look, yeah, yeah, right. And that was 2008, wasn't that Ted Lilly throwing his glove on the ground and Uh after giving up the bomb? That was that was. I mean, nothing's going to top 2003, right? But. No. Those playoffs, I remember because you're right. The Cubs were um I don't I don't know if they were wire to wire exactly, but they were which ones? In in 2008 in terms of divi- winning the division and you know playoff yeah, team. Yeah, they whatever. were still, they were coming off 2007. They yeah, were where they, they were. were great. They they played a great. I know that they got swept by Arizona and it was one of the most disappointing because you expected so much more and then by the end of that series against Arizona I want to say Zambrano pitched. Wasn't it something like where he pulled Zambrano from the first game? Game, game one. Yeah. Lou, the genius, who didn't want to be questioned, pulled Zambrano six innings of a tie game. It was 1-1, six innings. 
Yeah, that's enough, Carlos. We're gonna get you ready for Game Four. For Game Right, which they still haven't played Game Four. No, they Lou. haven't. No, they, they still haven't, haven't played Game Four, and you couldn't win the game in front of you. That's the most rookie mistake thing ever. That's just that's plain stupid, is what that is. Nothing will top two thousand three. The Marlins, whatever you want to call that. But losing that, getting Marlins. So you know what? We should call Kerry Wood and see how he compares 2003-2008. The funny thing is, if you had given me that list and not given me Fukudomi and Soda, I would have never in a million years gotten them. And and I'm like, listen, I've been a Cubs fan since birth. I get to cover the team. I've worked, you know, for many years covering the team. Uh huh. I have. I would have never gotten those guys as all stars. Certainly not Fukudome. I might have gotten Soto at, at, at as I thought about it, but I would have never have guessed that Fukudome was an all-star that year. 2008 also was the year of the White Sox when Mac when Ozzie was managed. You that, know what, Ozzie? That's right. Ozzie should still be here, and and the chairman and Kenny and Rick Hahn should be gone. Because if, if you look at it, Ozzy was the one who did his job better than those guys. Are we allowed to do that? Well, I'm just saying that Ozzy would do his job better than those guys are. We've seen Rick Hahn just set fire to this. It's just, it, it's a dumpster fire. Kenny's in charge of being the guy in charge of setting the dumpster fire, and the chairman doesn't do anything except jam the wrong manager down everybody's throat. Ozzy would have been the right manager. Do you think Ozzy's going to put up with the crap that you've seen from these players? No. Well, this manager is, this general manager is, this team president is. That's the the frustrating thing. And, and you know, we heard it in the Ken Rosenthal bite from inside the clubhouse that Caesar played earlier. At the time they made these trades, meaning the White Sox, when they traded Chris Sale, when they traded Adam Eaton, when they were doing their teardown, everyone thought they got the right guys, right? Yoan Moncada was the top prospect in baseball. You know, Lucas Giolito at the time was one of the top prospects in baseball, you got guys you were supposed to get. Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease for Jose Quintana. I mean, right. And nobody's healthy. All right. So the that 2008 White Sox, before we go, we're going to take a break. And yep. we've got to get to Bulls gossip, which is far more interesting than Bulls news. But we'll get to that. The White Sox would win, would go to the, would, would lose to Joe Madden's Rays, and the Rays would go to the yeah, World yeah, Series, yeah. right? And they won one game in that series. And they had two. By this list I have here, two All-Stars. Can in 2008. Uh-huh. Early? You see, he should be on this list, but he's not. Bobby Jinks? He should be. No. He was probably out of baseball by then. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Back. Jim Tomey? No. Wow. You like him. You're, you're more clueless with them than you are with the Cubs, aren't Jermaine you? Jermaine Dye. <laughs> You're, Joe Creedy. You're talking about 2000. <laughs> Joe Creedy's right. Is it? Yeah. That's one of Woo. two. I need one more White Sox player. 2008. Joe Creedy's right. Shy Co- Esteban Lo- No, Loiza was too old. He was already in jail. No, he- dealing drugs or whatever he was doing. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he was He was Narcos. Esteban Narcos. Without well, what we need. We need, let, we need season three of Narcos or Breaking Bad <laughs> with Esteban Loiza. Gus Frank. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Canerco? By the way, my there, Heisenberg there, hat. Yeah, you've got, got my it. Heisenberg yes, hat. you do. For those of you watching on Twitch, and we're not. Okay, I'll give it to you. Carlos. 
Carlos Quinton. Yeah. That was his miracle year. Right. And I, I, I assume he got hit by a pitch just during the introduction of the players <laughs> as they lined up on the bases. That was the year when he came out of literally nowhere from Arizona and hit, like, what, 35 home runs or Arizona, like that. take off your rainbow shades. Okay, that's it. That's our game, and that's our... I like that. Thank you. We have a Fun. game next hour. We're going to play Make Believe with Mike Esposito. I, oh. I'm serious about this. We have another game. Okay. Another sport, another game with Mike Esposito. But next... Bulls gossip is just so much more interesting than Bulls news. We'll tell you. We'll show you. Get your popcorn ready. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito, in for Moline Haas, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. For fans who might look at the situation and be disappointed that you didn't, that you stood pat at the deadline and that you didn't make a big trade, you know, leading into the, you know, involving draft night. What's your message to that segment of the fan base? Well, I think we made a move in the draft. I know it's a disappointment. It's not in the first round, but we did. But they will have to wait until, I think, until the free agency and to see what we look like after that. I told you Bulls news was not nearly as interesting as Bulls gossip. There's the ever-excitable Arturis Karnishevis talking about wait till free agency. Okay, so there's Javon Carter, and they drafted a guy who can't shoot, and then they signed <laughs> another guy you've never heard of, and they're still relying on the big three, and none of the big three could hit a three in the most important minutes of the most important game of the year. Oh, boy. So that's why we're doing Bulls Gossip. Welcome in. Welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito with you. We're in for Mully and Haw today on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, if you're listening to us, there's many ways to listen. And our listener line. Our listener line is the Busey Bank Score Hotline, building business, growing wealth since 1868. 312-644-6767 is the number. Get you to our phones, to our text line. So it was quite the headline that I saw on NBC Sports Chicago. The headline was, Michael Jordan speaks out on son's romance with Larsa Pippen. <laughs> oh, wow. I have to, okay. Get your popcorn ready, I, huh? I'm ready. Right? I have not, I have yeah? not read this. Look at that. Oh, okay. See, I told you Bulls gossip was much more interesting than mm-hmm. Bulls news, right? I'm ready for it. Here are the first three paragraphs of that piece. Okay. Michael Jordan has weighed in on his son Marcus Jordan's romance with Scottie Pippen's famous ex-wife. The NBA legend was spotted leaving dinner at Matignon in Paris on Sunday. And a paparazzi asked if he approved of Marcus dating the Bravo reality star, who was married to his former Bulls teammate for 19 years. No, Jordan yelled before climbing into his vehicle. Okay, then. <laughs> no. No. I guess no is speaking out. If he yelled it, that's speaking out. I kind of thought there'd be more to it. No. Nope. <laughs> However, the part just saying no runs, contradicts what Larsa herself said. She claimed a few mm-hmm. months ago that um, she was on the Tamron Hall show in February. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote, I've recently been hanging out with his parents. So whatever mm-hmm. combination that is. But I really don't want to talk about them. 
I feel like it's not about my parents or his parents. They're all happy. Our whole family's fine. I feel like it's more about where I am and where he is. I feel like we're in a great place. We motivate each other. We're really happy being together. And I feel like that's the most important thing. No! That's what Jordan said. Michael Jordan said no. Ah. Larsa is 48. Cradle Robin. And Marcus is 32. Mm-hmm. Larsa separated from Scotty in 2016, finalized her divorce in 2022. And, you know, <clears throat> less than a year later, rumors of the romance began. The couple confirmed their relationship on an Instagram post in January, as one does. Because it has to be Instagram official. Yeah. You have to, yeah. You have to you have a, a Larsa Graham now, and a Marcus Graham and a Jordan. That's Graham. right. Now, I know I am the oddball here in our in our modern Instagram world, but I know Larsa because she was married to Pippin. I have no idea what show she's on, and I've never watched it, and I didn't know she was a reality star of whatever. I thought I assume it's the Real Housewives of Miami. I assume it's the Real it. Housewives of something. I, I think you're right, but I've never in a I, I would have not if you asked me like if you said do you know who this is I was sure she was Pippin's wife. I did not know she was in well is she an actress or is she a reality? We'll call her a reality star. How's that? She's an ex-wife of some note. Apparently, yes, and a serial dater of Michael Jordan's son. <laughs> what do and this is an honest question. What is what does Marcus Jordan like? What do the Jordan kids do? What are any of them they date Larsa doing? They I mean, date. I know they don't have to do anything, right? They, I'm sure they have plenty of money. But yeah. like, is Marcus a what is he like? Is he a botanist? Is he a, like? Does he? Make movies. He's a see. florist like Dion O'Banion, who <laughs> yeah. ran into a bad St. Valentine's Day one time. Uh-huh. All right, so that was part of it, and um, that was the Jordan Pippen portion of the program. Okay. The Bulls gossip. Now, here's something that cropped up just recently, according to California Real Estate Listing. Zach Levine reportedly bought the most expensive home in Pelican Crest, California. I don't know if you've ever heard of Pelican Crest. I'm Googling it right now. It is the biggest money part of one of the biggest money areas in Southern California. It is behind the orange curtain. It's in Newport Beach. Yep. Bring money and then bring more money and then bring more money. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's right there. It has a gated driveway. It has a gated walkway. If you look at pictures of this home in Pelican Crest. It reminds me of Harry Waltz's, it, it reminds me of where the horse's head woke <laughs> Godfather. up. Godfather, uh-huh. Yeah. The horse's head was found in a bed, bleeding all over, Waltz Productions. Mm-hmm. That's what this place looks like that Zach Levine reportedly bought. Did he make him an offer that they couldn't refuse? Well, at $34 million, I'd have. say that somebody said sold. Somebody yeah. said deal. And I believe, I don't know how long this has been going on, but I believe that Zach Levine was scouting properties in the last eight minutes of the game against Miami. <laughs> he sure as hell didn't make a basket that anyone cared about. I wonder how close he came to buying in Florida then, because he was <laughs> yeah. right down there. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> they asked him who his daddy was, and he said the Miami Heat. Wow. Anyways, $34 million for a place in Pelican Crest, which sounds like it would have been an old ABC. Yeah, Falcon's Crest. Yeah, and and $34 million. He certainly got the cash. He hasn't. Yeah. He's he's had to, a lot more extra, a lot of extra time to spend there now. Yeah, I don't know all the. Don't have to worry interest, about April or May or no, June. No, you got plenty of time. You're free. You're free when that happens. And you know, it just the whole the, the clown show that AK put on about claiming that the Vucevic trade, which ended this year when Jet Howard, Juwan's kid, was drafted, said, "Yeah, I think it worked out well for us." Really? What? You missed the playoffs two years in a row. You have one playoff victory to show for a franchise that has six NBA titles. And you trade, even if you'd have made that vooch for Wendell Carter, Wendell Carter Jr., right? Make that thing straight up. You could still argue the Bulls lost that. I mean, vooch is supposed to come here be an outside big man who could shoot from the outside. He sucked from the outside. He got worse. Oh, my God. And now AK is remaking this team. He gets to keep his job. AK is... Lithuanian for Rick Hahn. Okay, we're going to take a break. We come back. When we come back, we're going to talk about Connor Bedard with Ben Pope of the Sun-Times. Yes, the Pope on Hockey Jesus. Who's he going to play with? How's this kid going to adapt to Chicago? Regina to Chicago is a big change right there. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's, who are you? Who are you again? Mike? Mike Esposito. Esposito. Nice to meet you. Okay. Eric Stratton, Rush Chairman. Damn glad to meet you. Chicago's Board By the way, we will do a movie thing. Oh, I'm we excited. Will do, it's a movie anniversary. We'll do that next hour as well. And we got another game to play with Espo. But first, Pucks! Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 